Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Today is Friday. Welcome to Friday. You've made it to the weekend. Today is February 10th, 2023, the Feast of Jose Sanchez do Rio. Jose Sanchez do Rio was a young boy born in the town of Sahoya, Mexico in 1913. He was one of four children born to devout Catholic parents. When he was nine years old, he received a special grace during his first communion and began to take his religion more seriously. When the Cristero War broke out, a peasant uprising in defense of the Catholic faith, his two older brothers joined the Cristero forces, inspiring Jose to do the same. Although his parents initially refused, Jose eventually made his way to the next town in Contija and presented himself to the Cristero commander, who was impressed by his religious fervor and placed him under the local commander as a boogler and flag bearer. On February 6, 1928, the Cristeros engaged in a battle in the vicinity of Cotija, and Jose's general's horse was shot dead. Jose offered his own horse to the general and was eventually captured by federal soldiers along with another Cristero. He and the other Cristeros were taken where they were offered freedom if they were would enlist with the government troops, but Jose refused and was locked in jail. He wrote a letter to his mother, believing that he was going to die soon, but still dying happy in the ranks of God. He was ultimately killed as a martyr after being cut with the machete and refusing to shout death to Christ the King. He is remembered for his bravery, faith, and devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe, and his remains are enshrined in the Church of St. James the Apostle in his hometown. His dying words were, Viva Cristo Rey y Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe, or... Long live Christ the King and the Virgin of Guadalupe. Happy Friday. Isn't that so great? St. Jose Sanchez de Rio, pray for us. Uh, good morning to you, Tito Edwards. Salve, Adrian. That is incredible. <clears throat> His remains are enshrined in the Church of St. James. St. James is uh, one of the great defenders of the Reconquista in Spain for the freedom and the livelihood of the Catholic Church. So how appropriate that he is, his, shrine, his remains are enshrined there at the Church of St. James the Apostle in his hometown. How great that is. You know, I found out something about St. James recently. Apparently, St. James appeared during the Crusades, and he's one of the patron saints of the Crusaders. He's known as uh, the Moor Slayer. And I heard that, and I was like, St. James? That doesn't make any sense. St. James would have died hundreds and hundreds of years before any of the crusades started and i was looking into it and i was told and i saw that an article was talking about how saint james would appear to defend the spanish people against the uh, invading muslims yes and i was like what that's amazing that is that is beautiful yeah saint james the the moor slayer they even have a statue of him uh, many of the there are many statues of him in Spain and, and many of the churches over there. And on the day of that certain battle, they decorate his statue with roses. And it is a beautiful tradition in Spain, amongst many other beautiful traditions that they carry out over there. Mm. So uh, that what an inspiring story this young boy uh, is for us today, especially with the increasing persecution of the church and our religious liberties. Absolutely. And so I have some uh, good news and bad news, Tito. Uh, which one do you want to hear first? 
the bad news first. All right. The bad news is Rudy Carlos is not joining us today. He actually had to stay home. He's sick in bed. So pray for Rudy as he recovers. He seems like he has a flu or something like that. So he decided to not come in. He said uh, he was running a fever, didn't want to try to get us sick. Uh, but the good news yes, sir. is that we have a packed show today. A lot of good things to cover. At 15 past the hour, we're going to be discussing the infighting with the different conservative and Catholic movements. And, you know, I'm going to, I might get a little passionate because it really tugs at my heart the fact that there's so much infighting. I, I hate that so much. At 30 past the hour, Mr. Matthew Miller, a very good friend of mine, and he's a creator of a brand new YouTube channel called, dedicated to John Bosco. So we're going to talk about that at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, we're going to be giving away two amazing pieces of art that during the game show, the prize is sponsored by my little sister, Emma. Emily, and you can find her at Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art. We're giving away two of her prints, and I have to tell you, her art is not finger paint. It's not some cheap watercolor. In my sister's style of art, she uses oil, and she is a, a she paints in the style of classical realism. So if you see it, your mind will be blown. You will look at it, and you're going to say, I thought that was a photograph. So check out her art. We're going to be giving that away at the game show today Gorgeous at art. the next hour. It's very beautiful. Uh, but, Tito, we're going to jump into it. Are you ready? Uh, let's pray for your intentions. Uh, before we do, real quickly, what are you doing this weekend? I am packed weekend, of course. Uh, again, invited by a good friend of mine to ce- celebrate, to watch the Super Bowl. Ah, Super Bowl. America's unofficial national holiday. And uh, tomorrow I have a uh, dinner that I'm going out with with friends. So and and uh, getting a haircut of what's left of too. my hair. So uh, that's what I'm doing, and a lot of sleeping. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm gonna do that too. I'm gonna sleep. I need to get a haircut. I don't know if I will do it or not, but uh, that's on the agenda. So awesome. I, I don't know what we're doing if we're doing Super Bowl. Last year we the first time we didn't have a Super Bowl party and. A very long time, so we'll see what we do as a family. I'll let y'all know on Monday. But let's go and pray. We're praying for your intentions. We're going to pray that you have a very blessed weekend, that you get accomplish everything you need to accomplish, and get some rest. Remember, Sunday is a day of rest, so make sure to set aside that day for holiness, for restfulness, and for time with your family. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headlines with Tito Edwards. Good morning, everyone. Today is Friday, February 10th, and these are the, your headlines for today. The Pillar reports the Diocese of Pittsburgh to regulate ad orientum masses. The Diocese of Pittsburgh is set to implement a new policy that will require priests to seek the bishop's permission if they wish to celebrate the ordinary form of the Mass ad orientum. The ad orientum liturgical posture is a practice by which a priest offers the Mass facing eastwards or symbolically eastward by facing toward the altar with the people behind him facing the same way rather than standing across the altar from the people and facing them directly with the priest's back against the tabernacle. 
The Telegraph reports today the Church of England approves of same-sex unions. In a historic vote, the General Senate, the Church's legislative body, vote, body voted to officially recognize same-sex couples on Thursday. Pope Francis met with Cardinal Angelo Becciu in a private audience yesterday. Cardinal Becciu, the most prominent defendant in the Vatican's landmark financial misconduct trial, was removed from his office in the Roman Curia by Pope Francis in September 2020 as he became the focal point of an investigation into a troubled London real estate deal. The meeting was Cardinal Bachao's first formal audience with the pontiff since his resignation. The Vatican did not disclose the subject discussed. And finally, The Hill via the Catholic World News reports the government of Nicaragua has released 222 political prisoners declaring them traitors to the country and sending them to the U.S. The group released yesterday includes formal presidential candidates and leaders of the opposition to Ortega's authoritarian regime, including some who have been jailed for two years. The U.S. Department of State, which arranged for the reception of the exiles, welcomed the prisoners' release, although the names of those released have not yet been released. The group reportedly includes six Catholic priests and seminarians who were sentenced last week to 10-year terms. It apparently does not include Bishop Roland Alvarez of Matagalpa, which is in prison awaiting trial on political charges. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. And the gospel of the day is from Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. And then he set out again from the region of Tyre and came by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, right to the region of Decapolis. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and dumb with a prayer that he would lay his hand upon him. And he took him aside of the multitude, and he put his fingers into his ears and spat and touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and sighed, Ephepta, and he said, That is, to be opened. Whereupon his ears were open, and the bound which tied his tongue was loosed. And he talked plainly, and he laid a strict charge on them not to speak of it to anyone. But the more he charged them, the more widely they published it, and were more than ever astonished. He was done well, they said, in all his doings. He has made the deaf hear and the dumb speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And before we jump into the commentary in the gospel, I forgot to mention, you should join our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. I'm going to send out an email this afternoon today around 1230. So you want to get in before that time. And in the email, I'm going to give you unique content that can't be found anywhere else. One, I'm going to give you a documentary that I helped make on, on the message of Fatima and on the secret witnesses of Fatima. And I'm also going to be giving away a some information on how to join our telegram chat, our private telegram chat, where we are going to be having a Bible study, or not a Bible study, a catechism study, but not the catechism, the Catholic Church, the one that Father Mike Schmitz is doing. You can go listen to that one if you want to go through that one. We're either going to go through the Aquinas Catechism or the St. Robert Bellarmine Catechism, which are amazing catechisms, much smaller than the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And so it's much quicker to go through. We're going to go through it in, in uh, 40 days. We're going to go through it for Lent. And you, we're gonna, you're going to be able to choose which one we do. Monday, I'll announce which one the group chat decided upon. So if you want to do that, make sure you join 
uh, by this, uh, by today, by do it today. And then on Ash Wednesday, I'm going to not let anybody else into our private Telegram chat. No one else is allowed in until Easter. So this is exclusive. You better hop on now. But the commentary for the Gospel of the Day, tropologically, Cornelius Alapide says, Everyone ought to seek the same thing and say with the psalmist, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. We ought to do the same as regards our ears, that we may be able to sing aloud with Isaiah. The Lord God hath given me the tongue of the learned, and that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He waketh in the morning by morning, he waketh mine ears to hear as the learned. Now this is done when he himself with his own finger, that is the Holy Ghost, and the spittle of heavenly wisdom, which is he himself proceeding forth from the mouth of the Most High, touches the tongue of the soul. Now, there's a lot more that could be said here. I want to emphasize one other thing. And here he says he groaned because both he sympathized with the misery of the deaf and the dumb man as because in groaning he prayed and obtained healing for him from God. Sometimes a groan, looking up to heaven in a groan, is a beautiful prayer. And the other thing, and then almost more importantly, is what is the purpose that Cornelius Alapide here points out is the purpose of speech. My mouth should be opened. Why? Because it is made to show forth thy praise. If we are not using the faculty of our mouth and our ears to glorify God, then what's the point? If we're listening to things that destroy the kingdom of God, listening to things that corrupt the soul, and if the things that come out of our mouth do not glorify him, if the things that come out of our mouth give a bad witness to the Catholic faith, then what worth is our speech? What worth is our hearing? Our Lord granted us this great gift to be able to hear, to be able to speak in order to glorify him, to show forth the praise of Almighty God. Are we doing that today? I want you to think about that today. I think it's a great thing to meditate upon. Throughout the day, just examine yourself. Did what I say glorify God? Did what I say follow the rule of St. Dominic? Or St. Dominic asked his brothers, speak only to God or about God? And that is it. Speak only to God or about God. We're going to be right back in the next segment. We're going to be discussing some infighting. I'll give you some inside baseball. And don't worry, we're going to relate this directly to your life and my life. So all this and much more coming up on Catholic Drive Time. We'll be right back. Hi, it's your conscience here again. You know you want it. I'm talking, of course, about the 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. And on Friday, February 24th, it could be all yours if your name is drawn. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 each or 5 for 100 So what are you waiting for? 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Can you really say you know what praying the rosary is all about? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, listen to the who's who of the rosary. We have the Blessed Trinity. We have the Angel Gabriel. We have the Virgin Mary. We have John the Baptist. And we have Elizabeth. So how's that for a cast of sacred ones? Secondly, reflection. While saying the rosary, we reflect on 20 primary and sacred moments that occur in the lives of the Holy Family. And thirdly, the rosary dynamics. Here's how you involve this cast of holy ones in praying the rosary. You first invoke the three persons of the Blessed Trinity. Then, on to praying the Apostles' Creed. Then you will pray in Our Father. Then you will recite the angel Gabriel's words to Mary. Then you'll recite what Mary said to Elizabeth. And then you will relive John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb. Then you will ask for Mary's assistance in your life. And I'm so glad to say none of that is idolatry. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and today is Friday, so give God some praise. It's a beautiful day. The sun is about to rise any moment now, just peeking out the window. Any moment, the sun's going to rise. And remember, the sunrise should remind us every single day of our Lord Jesus Christ rising from the grave on Sunday. Just a little thought that I just was thinking as I was uh, preparing for this moment. What but, a beautiful sentiment. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are concerning me. And this whole idea, this whole kind of thing that I wanted to talk about was sparked by the fact that I saw uh, the, it was Tim Pool. If you don't know who Tim Pool is, that's okay. Not a big deal. Uh, Tim Cast, his, uh, it's a conservative, more, I guess a more libertarian uh, podcast. And he also reports on news. He does uh, uh, writes articles, publishes articles rather. And he reported uh, James O'Keefe accused of erratic behavior by 16 Project Veritas employees. Uh, quote, James has become a power drunk tyrant, said one unnamed employee in a letter submitted to the organization board. So in this uh, article, I don't really want to talk about that too much, to be completely honest. I was listening to Tim Pool's commentary on it, and he was making the point. He said, Project Veritas is James O'Keefe. James O'Keefe is Project Veritas. You can't separate the two. You get rid of James O'Keefe, you get rid of Project Veritas. And he's making this point, like, why is this happening? Why are people coming after him? It seems coordinated to me. And I immediately was thinking, you know, we also just saw the uh, attack or the, 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 what you would call it, um, disagreement between Steven Crowder. If you know who Steven Crowder is, his, uh, he has a YouTube show, probably the most watched and viewed a conservative news channel. Now, I have my issues with Stephen Crowder because he kind of bashes the Catholic Church pretty often, makes a lot of jokes about the Holy Father and things like that, and I'm not a fan of that. But him and the Daily Wire went at it for a while, where Stephen Crowder was calling the Daily Wire big con, saying that Daily Wire was a big conservative that was trying to censor people and give them bad deals and things like that. All they care about is the money. And that's also something I don't really want to talk about. I don't really want to get into that controversy either. The other thing is this new FBI report. This new FBI report came out, and what happens? We see the FBI lumps uh, all these traditional groups in order. He, let me see if I can pull it up. He, they say that there's the FSSP, the SSPX, the Catholic Family News, the Remnant, the Fatima Center, Tradition and Action, Slaves in the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Culture Wars, In the Spirit of Sharts, Christ or Chaos, and Catholic Apologetics International. All of these different groups. 
That comes out. And then what do we see in response? Tons of people on social media, tons of Catholic social media. If you're not on social media, praise be to God, stay off of social media, please. Uh, tons of Catholics on social media. People start making videos already talking about it's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. Oh, it's the SSPX's fault. People should condemn the SSPX to make it better. Oh, it's the FSSP's fault. Uh, the FBI is investigating traditional Catholics because the FSSP is mean and bad. And people are coming out saying these things. And then we see Archbishop Roche has reported that he is uh, watching there, that the Vatican is actually keeping eyes on what he calls keyboard warriors. Archbishop Roche saying that uh, don't leave the liturgical field to those small and vocal minorities of whatever hue who seems obstinately to stand against the Holy Father and against the, the failed liturgical reform. Uh, ranted an angry Cardinal Roche, a prefect of divine worship during an 8th of October lecture published in Music and Liturgy. So all these things are happening, all sorts of things. Then again, and uh, Tito reported that the Pittsburgh diocese is to regulate the use of ad orientum mass. Like, that's insane. The ad orientum mass is the practice of the early church. It is the practice of the entirety of Catholic tradition in both the East and the West. There's no difference anywhere in the church. Universally, for all time, ad orientum worship was the norm. There is no law that, uh, against ad orientum worship. What happened was people got uh, a little bit enthusiastic and thrilled about all the changes that were occurring at, during and after Vatican II, and uh, they did not understand that the the versus populum was not mandated by the Vatican, but they went about their own business and went ahead and pushed it on the laity. And so here we are today. Uh, many people do not understand that that is not a rule. That is not a, even a discipline of the church or whatever regulation is out there that you want to word it that way. So, yes, ad orientum worship is allowed by the church. There is no uh, freeze on it. And uh, if that's what you love, you want to see your priest along with the congregation face Jesus in the tabernacle and stop seeing him putting his back to Jesus, then go ahead and, and talk to your local priest at your parish. And so the other thing that that I thought was interesting is the fact that we see all these people coming after the traditional Catholics. All these things are happening. And we saw in the past already, we've seen um, the, the great breakup. If you don't know who these people are, that's okay. I'll, I'm going to relate this later. But uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall and Timothy Gordon had one of the most popular online podcasts for a over a year. And then they had a, this, a dispute and they don't really speak to each other much. And that's, uh, that's another thing that happened. And that's another thing I don't really want to talk about. And here's the thing. All these things are happening. The Catholic Family News, uh, we're here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, Station of the Cross, Relevant Radio, Catholic Answers, EWTN, the Fatima Center, America Needs Fatima, the TFP, Tradition in Action, all these different Catholic groups, we all have the same mission. Why are we fighting? We all love Our Lady. We all love our Lord. We all say Christ is King. We all say, long live the Virgin of Guadalupe. Why are we fighting? Why can't we just recognize we, people have different missions? People have different goals. Every show can't be everything. Some shows are dedicated to apologetics. Some shows are, like ours, dedicated to talking about the news and the culture. Some shows are, are dedicated to talking about spiritual life. Some are talking about spiritual direction. Others are talking about other things. And that's okay. And then people have different dispositions. 
if somebody wants to talk things and they think that the best way to talk about something is be as sweet and kind as possible, and they think that will attract people, well, let them do it. And someone else thinks that being more forceful will be able to attract people, well, let them do that as well. There's not every single show can appeal to every single person. But we have this mentality that everything has to be tailored to me. And that's not true. And then this came out, this fake outrage with Harry Potter, a video game that came out. And I'm no lover of Harry Potter at all. And I don't like J.K. Rowling at all. I'm not a fan. I'm honestly convinced, this is another controversial topic that we won't get into today, but I'm convinced that Harry Potter is demonic. And many people say, no, it's not demonic. And other people say, oh, yeah, 100%, it's definitely demonic. I don't really care about that at this moment. My The point that I want to bring up regarding Harry Potter is that a bunch of streamers who normally play video games online and people watch them. I know, it's kind of funny. Tito's laughing over here. And it, it's, it, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of video games. I don't really care about this at all. The reason why this is important is because these streamers said they were not going to play the video game because J.K. Rowling is a bigot. Because she believes women are women and men are men and that women can't become men and men can't become women. And so a bunch of what Cardinal Roche or Archbishop Roche would say, keyboard warriors, started attacking these streamers ahead of time and said, you better not play this game or else we're going to stop watching your show. We're going to stop spunding you. We're going to do this. And this stream, these streamers came out publicly and said, look, I'm not going to play the game. I kind of want to, but I'm not going to because I don't want people to be coming after me which basically was them admitting that they're cowards, right? Why do I care about that? I don't really care about that. The reason why I'm bringing it up is the fake outrage. That's what bothers me. These people will will create fake accounts. They'll start attacking certain people. They'll attack certain organizations. And it only takes like 10 emails and then groups fold. That's what the whole media matters and a bunch of other groups do. They will take clips out of context and try to shut down voices and try to get them to bend the knee. And all it takes is just a few emails because people hear one or two people to, and they s- interpret that to mean this is everybody's belief. And so one thing that I want to encourage you to do is if you like something, if you support something, reach out to them. Even if you can't support monetarily, or find a way to contact them and say, hey, I support this. I agree with this, or I like this, or I don't agree with this, but I still think that this is good. Do that for the organization that you like. Let people know because organizations really only hear the negative voices. 99.9% of the time, people only comment when they're upset. They don't comment when they are happy. And so here's the thing that I don't I don't get, I don't like, is the bad blood between these organizations. And Tito and I were talking about all these different, yesterday we were talking about yep. all these different uh, news aggregate sites and people who don't like each other, people who refuse to link to other people, all these things that are happening. Another example is the, the remnant with Michael Matt. Um, people don't like him. I don't know why. I don't know. And I, here's my I point. I don't have a clue. He's he's not competitive at all. He's, he's articulate and rational. Sometimes he might seem a little forceful, but uh, it is nothing compared to what you see on the rad trad side. We've got to stop sniping at each other. The glad trads, rad trads, conservatives, the traditionalists uh, in in general, we're all on the same side. We're all with Jesus. Also, we are supposed to influence the culture. We're not supposed to allow the culture to influence us. We need to address each other as, as, uh, as people in Christ. And so be charitable. Try to get your point across by addressing the topic and and not denigrating the person that you're talking to, whether it's he or she. <laughs> I want to emphasize he or she. So uh, 
yeah, get out there, join the fight, be the church militant. That's what we are on earth, and uh, happily engage with everyone. If we do that, we can. We, you'd be amazed by how many more people will listen to you. They may not say anything, and that's why it's important. What Adrian just mentioned previously, yes, yeah, say something. Send an email. Send a direct text message. Anything on social media or in person or write a letter. So tell somebody that you agree with, that you like, they had, they had a good point. Tell them and give them confidence. Show them your support, and that'll go a long way more than having to read a hundred different negative messages on various platforms across. The right, internet. and the thing that really bothers me is the bad blood between people because I don't get it. I'm not. I'm so I'm new to the scene. I'm new to the Catholic. Uh, blogosphere, videosphere, all these things that are happening, the radio space. Uh, different people have different disagreements with people in the other organizations, and there's bad blood between people, and so there's kind of a, a blanket of silence between others, and I don't get it because I'm not involved in it. So I start watching this group, and I'm like, oh, you know, this group is so good, and I promote it, and someone's like, oh, you shouldn't talk about those people. Those people are not good. And I'm like, why? I like them. I was reading them, and they seem fine to me. And they're like, no, but you don't know. Like five years ago, six years ago, ten years ago, they said this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm new to the scene. I don't know what's happening, and it bothers uh, the heck out of me. And it probably bothers you as well where people are trying to gatekeep. And like, for instance, Catholic Answers was a huge influence on me when I was in high school. Now I don't really listen to them that much because I just doesn't serve my purposes, my needs anymore. But I would never say, oh, don't listen to Catholic Answers. Avoid Catholic Answers. Or Catholic Answers isn't good because they don't talk about X, Y, or Z. That's not their apostolate. Their apostolate is specifically combating Protestantism, atheism, and the like. That's really their, their mission. And I, just to conclude, because we're out of time, this fake outrage, this entire, these, all these things that are happening. One thing I like about Michael Matt, whatever you think of him, I don't really care, whatever you think of the remnant, Michael Matt had a great point. He said that we need to unite the clans. Everyone who loves our Lord, everyone who loves our Lady, everyone who wants to see that people be converted to the one true faith, no matter what their race, ethnicity, or background, or age, or anything, if you agree with us on those things, unite the clans, join us in the fight. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your only daughter met a fine young man who was a committed Mormon. She now wants to join his church. What's your answer? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a reason for no. Doctrinal positions such as the deity of Jesus and the Trinity. Your reason for yes. You deem seemingly moral character as superseding biblical truth. Secondly, orthodoxy. Your answer is probably no. But how and why? Your resistance to Mormon doctrine does not just come straight down from the Bible. It comes from the first five centuries of brilliant theologians, bishops, and popes. These Catholics wrote, debated, and fought for truth. Example, in 250 A.D., 311, and 417, three different popes excommunicated three different heretics, Sibelius, Arius, and Pelagius. They denied the Trinity, the eternal deity of Jesus, or taught that human effort warranted salvation. Would your pastor excommunicate a heretic? Well, unfortunately, your pastor can only remove someone from his local congregation. But that's okay. That guy will probably end up being welcomed in a church down the street. Hey Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. Okay. 
Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Friday, February 10th, and these are your headlines for today. Catholic News Agency reports the FBI says it's retracting a leaked document published on the Internet two days ago that appears to reveal the Bureau's Richmond Division launched an investigation into, quote, radical traditionalists, end quote. Catholics and their possible ties to the far-right nationalist movement. In response to an inquiry from CNA, the FBI said it will remove the document because it does not meet our exacting standards. The document, which was published on the website Uncover DC and is titled Interest of Racially or Ethically Motivated Violent Extremists in Radical Traditionalist Catholic Ideology, almost certainly presents new mitigation opportunities. The document singles out Catholics who are interested in the TLM as potentially linked to violent extremist groups. Zenit reports Israel freezes accounts of one of the Vatican's most important properties in Jerusalem. The Holy See and Israel have had diplomatic relations since 1993. The issues regarding taxes and property rights have remained unresolved. Hence, the Catholic Church in Israel considers that, in the absence of a final agreement, there is no encumbrance. Reuters reports, Cardinal sees hope for amnesty for Cuban political prisoners. Benjamin Cardinal Stella said that the proposed amnesty for prisoners who were jailed after the pro-democracy protests in 2021 is on the table in his talks with Cuban government leaders. The former prefect of the Congregation for Clergy, who is in Cuba as a special papal envoy, said that he is waiting for the government's response to the proposal. And finally, The Guardian reports on a $21 million church in Visalia, California, is the biggest Catholic parish in North America. In California's Central Valley, rising out of the rolling landscape of fruit and nuts trees, stands a gargantuan new beacon that is that here God is back with bigger ambitions than ever. Built in mission revival style and conceived by liturgical designer Rolf, Rolf Roan and painted by Mural Arts of San Francisco, the 3,000-seat megachurch has brought Vegas quiche to the worshipers of California's Central Valley. I'm Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And uh, before we jump into our interview, I have to invite you to join us in our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And there you can sign up for our email list. And when you do, we're going to send you today at around 1230. I'm going to send you an email and I'm going to link to a documentary that I helped with uh, produced by America Needs Fatima, where we put up a video a series on the secret witnesses of Fatima. So I'm going to send that to you all this Friday to or today at, at around noon, at around uh, 12.30, I'll be sending that out. And also, I'm going to be linking to our private Telegram chat where you can join us. And we're going to be doing during Lent for 40 days, going through the, either the St. Robert Bellarmine Catechism or the Catechism of St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, did you know St. Thomas Aquinas wrote a catechism? Many people don't. And so we're going to be going through that as a group. Uh, one of the other, it's going to be your choice. You're going to be able to vote which one you want to go through. And we're going to go through the whole thing during Lent. And don't worry, it's not that long. 
if, like you have the catechism in the Catholic Church, which is like this big, yep. and you have uh, Father Mike Schmitz doing a catechism of the year. We're not going to need to do that. It's going to take us uh, just 40 days, and we're going to go through the entirety of it. Uh, but joining us right now is Mr. Matthew Miller. He's the creator of Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, this new YouTube channel that I'm very much enjoying. I sent it out to people this uh, last week to share with people because I thought it was so amazing. Good morning to you. Uh, it's very early for you over there, Mr. Uh, Michael. Matthew, sorry. <laughs> can you hear me all right, Adrian? There you go. Now I can hear you. Perfect. Oh, good stuff. Okay. I'm all good to go. God reward you for sending it out. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Sending out the channel. Yeah, praise be to God. <laughs> I think it's a it's a great uh, work. I enjoyed watching it, and I know I realized it, it just got it started booming. And I first saw it, I saw it like thousands of views within a brand new channel, and that never happens. Usually, new channels no. take forever to to pick up. And so, uh, tell me about the before we jump into who Saint John Bosco was and stories about his life uh, let's start with this how did you end up creating this channel why did you end up creating this channel well you have to think of the situation of the modern world um how few role models we have now uh imagine if you're a young man wanting to become a priest you know you have all the abuse scandals and everything like that so we have to think of a role model to give young men and uh and even to give priests you know people that are already priests today um, and who better to draw from than St. John Bosco? St. John Bosco, I mean, he's the only one that I've ever read where you can be afraid of God's judgment, but still be confident in God's mercy. I mean, he's an incredible thing to have. So my idea for uh, a role model is basically that he, he would be the best person to choose for this whole time. Uh, for this modern day scenario, you know? Um, so why do I think that telling stories about him three times a week would work? Um, there is a drive now for doctrine in youth. There's a major drive and especially on YouTube. So YouTube is becoming television and television is becoming obsolete. And there's a market now for long form content. So like, 10 minute pieces is what I do. 10 minute pieces on St. John Bosco three times a week. Um, so that's more or less why I started it. And I, I work with America needs Fatima as you do, you know, and they asked me to do this channel. And previously I'd been doing TFP student action, which is a group of men that go to university campuses and we hold up pro life signs and we get spat at and yelled at. And, and we have a lot of people converting too. And filming that type of thing is very, very different. And I didn't necessarily want to switch to this other form of, um, you know, it's kind of a, a calmer form. So I was having a hard time with it. And we have this one statue of Our Lady of Graces out here on our property. And I went out to the statue and I, I uh, held her outstretched hand. And I said, if you want me to do this, you got to make it happen. Because we need someone to translate it directly from its original Italian. Um, there's 20 volumes on St. John Bosco, 20 volumes. We know more about St. John Bosco possibly than any other saint. And the only caveat is we need to translate it from its original Italian. So we found someone for that the day after and everything started falling into place. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and then we launched the channel. Sure enough, people wanted to watch it. So we launched a video about 
Grigio, the angel dog who protected St. John Bosco from assassinations. Um, and that one got 25,000 views. That is really not common in, in, uh, in today's YouTube scape. So, um, I feel extremely blessed already. Um, and I have a lot of Catholic nuns praying for me right now, a lot of priests. Um, cause that's really the bottom line. You can do whatever you want as far as, uh, YouTube. You can promote, you can promote, you can promote, but really what's going to get it done is God's grace. Mm. That's what really gets us through, you know? Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story of, of why I started. I was asked to start it and I loved St. John Bosco. And then I started reading about him and I realized the more I read about him, the more I love him, you know? It's really, really, uh, he's an incredible saint. Yeah, it's you know? kind of uh, interesting because, you know, people will, people don't really think too much about what it means to to love, right? We kind of use love mm -hmm. in such a colloquial sense where we say, oh, I love pizza. Oh, oh, I love you. Or, oh, I love my mom. Oh, I love my dog. And we kind of have, we use the word love so flexibly to apply to all sorts of things. But to love something is to, to will the good for something, right? As St. Thomas would say. And when we say we, we love the saints, and whenever we get to know them, we love them more. Because if we love someone, we want to know them, right? You don't get to, if you, mm -hmm. if you love your, your spouse, you don't gonna, you're not going to just be like, oh, I have no idea who this person is, but I love them. Um, no, you, you have to know someone. And so if you love God, you have to get to know him. You've got to read the Holy Scriptures. You have to think about him intensely, do study philosophy, theology. The more you know of him, the more you love him. Um, it can be a theological, philosophical knowledge of him to grow, or it could be a personal and interactive knowledge of him. And the same thing with the saints. Uh, I've noticed the same thing. There's been saints who I love, like St. Thomas Aquinas, St. Dominic, who I, I love dearly. And the more I learned about them and the more I read of St. Thomas, I realized he's also a poet. I didn't know that. Neither he also I. wrote music. Yeah, he wrote music. Uh, he wow. did. Uh, he wrote all these different things. And I fell in deeper love with him. Uh, and then I just and then also we kind of have sexualized the word love as well. So it's weird to say I, I love this man or I love my friends um, real quickly. I know it's a little off topic. Would you comment on that? And we have we're about to go to a break in about a minute. But if you have any comments on that. Yeah, I mean, the thing about him is that you can study him for your whole life. And I feel that you won't truly know him. Um, and in reading about him over the past few days, I've realized that he was a prolific writer, too. Um, he wrote a lot of different catechisms, for even for children. Um, I found this one website. You know how it always says in, his, in the 40 Dreams of St. John Bosco, I stayed up late writing, you know? Well, what was he writing? It was, it was incredible how much this man did and uh, the amount of miracles he did as well. Like, uh, his boys would have toothaches, and he would, there's this one account of, uh, he took this one boy's head, and he placed it over his heart, and then he let him go, and the toothache was gone. Or wow. uh, a woman on crutches went to visit him. And, and hold it right there, Mr. Matthew. Uh, I'm going to have to cut you off on that, on that uh, cliffhanger. And when we come back, we're going to finish that story. The woman with crutches came to John Bosco. What happened? We'll be right back with more Catholic Drive Time after this short break. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. How much havoc would be caused at your church if your pastor brought a big statue of St. Peter or St. Paul and placed them in the sanctuary? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history's on the side of the Catholic Church. Christian art in many forms dates way back to about 120 A.D., and so do those various Christian symbols which we still see today. You know, a dove, a fish, a lamb. Why are those okay? Secondly, the Bible, Exodus, Numbers, and Ezekiel... All these books show God telling Moses, David, or Ezekiel to carve out images of angels that were used in worship. And and thirdly, a tough comeback, especially for my guy friends. Does Cooperstown, Canton, or Cleveland mean anything to you? Yep, the Hall of Fame locations filled with statues, jerseys, bats, and balls. Memorabilia is a $37 billion industry, but you say, don't bring a statue into my church. Well, how many of you guys have admired one of those bronze statues of an athlete? I'd rather stare at St. Peter's, Paul, and Mary in my church, and I'm not talking about the old folk band. I bet you're wondering to yourself, how can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today we're talking to Mr. Matthew Miller. He created this new YouTube channel, which I think is pretty awesome. You should definitely check it out. It's called The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco. And before the break, we were talking about this woman who was crippled and she went to go see St. John Bosco and... What happened? Uh, Mr. Matthew Miller, good morning to you, and thank you for joining us. Uh, would you like to finish that story? Sure. Uh, good morning. Well, this is all from the account of Charles Gastini, who was an oratory boy. And yes, he saw a woman coming in on crutches, and she asked to speak to St. John Bosco alone. And then a few minutes later, they saw her walking out without crutches. So you and I, I mean, it's anyone's guess what happened. And... um Don Bosco did miracles like this left and right. When he goes to Rome um, for the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, there were crowds marauding him, asking him to heal them. It was, <laughs> it's unbelievable. There's volume seven, eight, and nine of the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco. You're just bombarded with all of these miracles. And as far as prophecies, I just found an article from the Italian TFP was talking about how he wrote a letter to Franz Joseph. Now, it was an Italian. I don't know Italian, but from what I could make out is that what he told Franz Joseph could have stopped World War One if Franz Joseph would have followed it. I mean, this man formed a century in a way. Um, so that's why I really wanted to do three stories a week about him. Uh, it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. I don't know. You've been watching it, right? Absolutely. And it's been I, – I was what I was blown away about the most, to be honest, was the production quality. And I knew that you were a good videographer, but I figured I saw the, them pop up, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, oh, this is probably going to be Mr. Matthew standing in front of the camera and telling the story. 
but you put so much effort into this the the video with with the with Grigio I was blown away you're like uh, just shooting at several locations you have your your dog there uh with you oh yeah and Griffin, Griffin. Yeah. and I was just blown away by the the production quality of the actual video uh, so I highly recommend if you haven't checked it out yet go check it out but here's my my question for you I'll, yes, all sir. the time I see St. John Bosco being depicted as the jokester, the one who plays the little boys <laughs> and these ideas. And I'm sure he he joked around with the boys. I'm sure he did. Uh, he played games with the boys. I'm sure he did. Uh, he's known to for as the apostate for, for the young, for the young children. He's a patron saint of youth ministers. And that's kind of what he's been branded as. And everything else about his life is kind of forgotten. Most people I know, that's pretty much everything they know about him. Uh, so could you kind of bust some myths and tell me uh, what would be a more authentic picture of him? I, I can't tell you how many movies I've seen on him and how disappointed I was in every single movie. Because, yes, he ran the oratory. He was very kind to boys. But at the end of the day, if they were um, going against the norms of the oratory, he was really hard on them. So there's this one, The Fiendish Elephant, this one dream from the 40 dreams of St. John Bosco. By the way, he didn't just have 40 dreams. He had about 200 dreams. He was a wow. visionary of the first <laughs> wow. order. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, everybody thinks it's just 40, but that's just the main ones. Anyway, the fiendish elephant, which is one of the main dreams, um, this demonic elephant comes and half of the oratory boys side with this fiendish elephant and the other half goes to Our Lady. And Don Bosco says at his good night talks, he says, uh, Either mend your ways or go. So he was a mixture of, like when you read about him, like I was saying, you feel consoled and confident about the future, but also um, you have to deal with the justice of God. Both things are very apparent with him. And that's what, I think that's what makes him a real saint for our times is because you have all this sugary sweetness and you also have, the horrible things and uh, that are going on in the world, like what just happened with the Grammys, you know, it's like a open worship of Satan. So you need both aspects and uh, we're suffering and we're probably going to run into an economic crisis here. And he is the saint for that type of thing, you know, because he had to raise funds for his um, Our Lady Help of Christians church. Uh, it's a beautiful church. Um, I, I just looked up pictures of it the other day and uh, he would fund phrase like you wouldn't believe and i actually have you have a second for me to read a read a comment absolutely that i got do. recently go ahead okay so this is a comment that i just got and it's it shows me that i'm, I'm really hitting the mark or at least st john bosco is you know um so i was really happy with it okay so Magdalena Isaiah says, I've had a hard day today trying to figure out what to do about my continued financial impasse. And this video has really cheered me and given me hope. I can't thank God enough for leading me to your channel with these inspiring true stories of Don Bosco. That's more or less the gist of it. Um, so it's already making an effect. Thanks be to God. Awesome. Praise be to God. Uh, Tito, you had something? Yeah, Matthew, this is uh, Tito. Uh, you said that uh, you've noticed in the culture that TV is losing its grip on culture and, and people are gravitating oh, yeah. to streaming services such as YouTube. And you've also identified that long-form uh, programs for children have really been on the rise. 
And with all that said, do you believe that the message that John Bosco presents, a masculine man with, with uh, hard truths that can be engaged and, and, uh, and grow with in your virtue and decrease your vices, uh, to me that seems countercultural in, in where we stand now. I, I believe that would be a plus for us as Catholics. Do you, do you emphasize oh, yeah. that? Do you, do, have you identified that? Have you noticed that? And, and uh, are you purposely, this, when you're preparing your videos, you're, you're making a mental effort to make sure that that comes across to the kids? Because I truly believe uh, children um, are attracted to strength and not to weakness. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, oh, of course. Yeah. And, and also, uh, you can do pretty much whatever you want as long as it's a story for kids. Kids will listen to anything. Um, so I always try to make it a story that illustrates kind of how Don Bosco interacted in his everyday life, because I think we don't understand saints. We just don't. And, uh, especially with Hollywood, uh, all the saints. I don't, I don't know if I've seen many saints. Oh, the passion got a lot of things, right. Um, but I've never seen it exactly, um, portrayed correctly, you know? So think about Don Bosco's daily dealings with the boys. Yes, he was firm in a lot of things, but he would also, um, he also knew how to be light, you know? And I try to find stories that has as much dialogue as I can because, um, saints are neither, uh, Calvinistic, you know, they're, they're not ultra serious. They are serious because they're thinking about their final end, but they, uh, they also try to be personable, you know? And I think the more we know of uh, Don Bosco, the more we know of his daily dealings, the more we'll love him. And that's the most important thing is because we've totally lost the conception of what a saint's supposed to be, you know? And if we understand Don Bosco, the more we'll be like a saint because that's part of admiring. If you admire something, you take on the aspects of it automatically. I think, I think you're on to something here because I, uh, in the little time that I have in my, in my leisure uh, activities, I have noticed this one YouTuber, ex-Navy SEALs, and all he does is sits down and talks about nonfiction horror stories. And I caught really? him when, yes, and it's long form, 10, 12 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. And wow. I caught him in the beginning. He Apparently he came over from TikTok already popular, and he ballooned in the hundreds of thousands within weeks and and and, oh my gosh. and something if you ever watch joe rogan it almost seems like it's an interview yes but it's a story oh, un- yes. unfolding as he interviews so i just yes. want to emphasize i want to add more fuel to your fire that i you are onto something with this and you may want to take uh, ideas from uh, this ex navy seal i cannot remember his sh- the name of his show is it popomedic or not certain, but but uh, Mr. Matthew has also um, done recently the what was the other one the Catholic Men's Podcast was that the name of it? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's just a hobby. That's not officially recognized. But yeah, I, I got a lot of experience of uh, basically reading stories. So I clocked like three hundred hours in a recording book booth, and um, it pays in the end because then you learn how to pronounce certain words, and um, <laughs> yeah, it gets a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I think that long form is the way to go because people and, and plus the whole structure of my video, uh, it's clear. Okay. This part's the cinematic portion. And then this part 
you're just going to listen to the story. Uh, so you can even put your phone down and just listen to it um, because there's no music midway through, at least in general. You know, so I'm trying to encourage just listen, just listen to the story because faith comes through hearing. Remember Fulton Sheen? You know, just listen to the story. That's true. You know, the before we run out of time, you know, one thing I wanted to emphasize was something you brought up earlier about how John Bosco is a saint for our times. Uh, could you give uh, some more examples of how he is a saint for our times? I'm thinking of his uh, response to the Freemasons at the at his time, the response oh, to yes. the pontificate oh, at the time, things that. like that. Yeah. So when I sat down to write the first episode, I was overwhelmed because it's like trying to, to do a show about Our Lady in a way. You know, like where do you begin with with Mother Mary? You know. So I sat down with Saint John Bosco and I thought, well, why don't I make that the whole question of the channel. So you had all of these Freemasons trying to assassinate him. They would um, go to oratory boys that had graduated and were hard up, and the Masons would offer them a position. And uh, there was this one, I forget the name of the boy, but he and 12 other assassins were assigned to knock out St. John Bosco. Well, why did they want to do that? And, and by the way, th- this kid came and he... He couldn't take it. He just knelt down in front of St. John Bosco and St. John Bosco forgave him and, um, and uh, provided a, a good place for him in another country. But Incredible. why did they want to take him out? You know, why did they want to do that? He, just, he wasn't just running a boys school or, or a boys home. There was something far more than that. And I think it has to do with his writing. All of his writings are in Italian. I'm going to have to find the ones that they didn't like, but the Masons really hated them because they're against the church. So uh, he was a he was a mover and a shaker. For Absolutely. Sure. That's why they wanted to take him out. And I think you know? that is a, such an important point because people talk about, yeah, they tried to assassinate him, but no one asks, why were they trying to assassinate him? What's up with that? Yeah. And they yeah. kind of just forget that. And it's a kind of a big yeah, deal. Okay. So well, then you have to have an angel dog to protect him, you know? Exactly. So thank you, Adrian. Exactly. Thank well, you, thank Adrian, you very much, Mr. Matthew, for joining us today. It was a blessing to have you on. And uh, if you have not checked it out, make sure you go look up Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco. Check out that YouTube channel. Leave them a like, comment, share it with a friend. And if you want to hear more of his stuff, well, make sure you go check it out. You're not going to regret it, I promise. We'll be right back. God bless you. God bless you. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's hearts, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote any 
anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. Marty, the TRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. What, are we going to have to like go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy from Friendswood. I'm Leah Wynn from Mary Queen Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and praise be to God. It is Friday. It's the weekend. What do you got going on for the weekend? I hope you plan on resting at least on Sunday. For what did our Lord say? He said, for six days man shall labor. But on the seventh, he rested. So make sure that you spend at least Sunday resting this weekend spend some time with your family but most importantly spend some time with god i'm so glad you're joining us and if you want to join us on the weekend you can always do so by joining our email list and in our email list you can uh, i have a link there where you can join our private telegram chat in that private telegram chat you will interact directly with the cdt team uh, and we will be, we usually hop on it throughout the weekend, throughout our days, and we just interact with you guys. So we're in a group chat together and we just interact. It's a lot of fun. And how to do that? Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. In that group chat, we are going to discuss. I'm going to leave y'all a link. So if y'all are like, hey, what was that link to that John Bosco YouTube channel? I'll leave you, I'll send you a link there. And if you, uh, and then also, uh, we are going to be going through, just for our private Telegram chat, we're going to go through the Catechism of St. Robert Bellarmine and the Catechism of St. Thomas Aquinas, or one or the other, not both. One or the other, and you get to vote. Um, we're going to decide on Monday. Um, I have a poll set up, and if you join our Telegram chat, you get to vote in that poll. And the whoever gets the most votes, we're going to go through in that Catechism. So that's all up to you. You get to have a say, and we're going to do it. And it's exclusive for our Telegram chat uh, followers, so just go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt at thirty past or fifteen past the hour. Rather, we're going to be covering the uh, or not covering. We're going to be doing the game show, and so we're going to be giving away a special prize. My little sister is a professional artist, and she is a in the classical realist tradition. So it's it's like looking at photographs, her paintings. It's amazing. She does oil, and I'm giving away two prints. One of her Saint Maximilian Colby. And the other of her, of a statue of Our Lady, of, uh, it was a statue of Our Lady holding the infant Jesus. 
and saying a garden of roses. And that's the other print that I'm giving away. So if you want to get a chance, make sure you are listening at 15 past the hour, and we are going to be playing the game and giving away the prize today. Uh, but joining us now is Tito Edwards. Good morning to you, Tito. Salve, Adrian. Good morning to you too, sir. Good morning. Did you? What did you think about uh, the the John Bosco channel? Have you have you seen it yet? No, I have not. But after listening to uh, Matthew and uh, hearing the production value of it, of it and the long story format, uh, he's onto something there. And uh, it, for the you listeners that are trying to figure out who that ex Navy SEAL guy I was talking about, if you want to see what I mean about. He's he's got maybe even a million uh, viewers by now. It's Mister Ballen, B A L L E N, and uh, Matthew Miller with his high production value of his videos, the narrative that he explains. I, I know, I know. It, it's it's. There's no pictures. There's no actors, et cetera, et cetera. But you be, you would be amazed how quickly you can get hooked by a well told story. So Matthew Miller, God bless you, my my my. Liturgical hat, doffed off to you. Yeah, he was. I was watching his stuff because he does uh, material for American Needs Fatimas. The John Bosco uh, channel is a uh, is associated with the American Needs Fatima, and I was watching his videos and I was like, man, maybe I need to up my game for the for American Needs Fatima because I I make wow. them I make videos for them as well. Uh, Stories of Mary is uh, the one that I do on American Needs Fatima channel, and I'm like, man, maybe I gotta up my game and. Do better video, but uh, I'm I'm like, uh, well, I don't really got time for that. So I know there's gonna the, be a slacker. A lot of effort into it, it, but, it, but I have to say, technology has advanced infinitely since ten years ago. Our little cell phones can do so much more than than you can expect, especially on video. And a lot a lot of the programs online, the applications, there are identical free apps on there. Just as powerful, just as good, maybe a little clunky, but that's why they're free. So, yeah, um, it, it's it's an interesting age to be alive in. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and what did you think about the uh, at fifteen past the hour we we're talking about? I you know I got a little passionate because, you know, I just it just makes me sad. I I really just want. I, it's kind of cliche to say I want people to get along. And I understand that our Lord said that there would be division in the church. He said that he came not to bring peace but the sword, uh, that we have to hate father and mother, brother and sister if we want to follow him. So I understand that. I understand that there's going to be disagreements, um, especially in terms of tactics, things like that. I understand that there are bad blood between organizations and people have uh, personal relationships. We're human beings. People make mistakes. People get heated at times. They say things they probably shouldn't have. And because like when James O'Keefe with the, the report, his his employees were saying, "Oh, he did this, he did that." Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe these are not true. Maybe they are true. But my point is, if my buddies who I lived with in my apartment and the guys that were are my my closest friends, if they decided to just do a hit piece on me, they could mm-hmm. because uh, you know I'm I'm a human being. Sometimes I say things that I don't mean. Sometimes I say things that I could have said better, and. We don't we don't give our charity to anybody. No, it's it's in the Bible. It says if you have a dispute with someone, go see your brother about it before it reaches the judge. And if you still can't resolve it, go see a priest with that brother of yours and get that resolved. There are steps and processes in in place. That does that is not the same thing as going online and destroying a person's reputation. Everyone deserves to keep their reputation intact. 
So when I see what's going on online amongst ourselves, amongst uh, all Catholics, especially the ones who should know better because they can spout the catechism and, and uh, the Bible verbatim, verbatim, uh, off the top of their head, they should know about that Bible verse. Stop attacking each other. Yes, I know we disagree on so many things. I, I know this, but talk to them on the phone. Communicate to them with email. If it's something that gets you really fired up, be careful. You have to have custody of the tongue before yeah. you step step on that stick and really break a relationship. But Because, yes, if, if former friends go at it, they know each other's mm-hmm. bad stuff. And it when you can't control yourself and you lose that custody of your tongue you are going to regret it because you will be judged on how you judge others. That means if you're not going to dole out mercy and, and destroy someone online, expect the same of what God will do to you on that judgment day, the moment you pass from this life. For sure. And here's another thing that bothers me. and We are more harsh and less charitable to our family, to our brothers and sisters in Christ, yep. than we are to complete strangers. And this is also true for um, our our personal families, because I know we will talk about my parents would say when we were kids, why you're nicer to your friends than you are to your siblings, or you get along with your friends better than you get along with your siblings. Yeah. And it's the same way in the church. If if I got caught, for instance, reading a book published by a Protestant, nobody would care. Nobody would care. If I was reading Martin Luther's works, people would just be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If I was reading a book written by a famous Protestant, nobody would bat an eye. But if I was reading a blog or something by a set of a contest, and <laughs> just to make make it very clear, I'm not a set of a contest because people are going to take that out and be like, Adrian doesn't believe there's a pope. That's not true. <laughs> or Ben of a contest or people believe, oh, Benedict was the real pope and Francis is not pope. I never said that. I don't believe that. So uh, I just have to say that because people will come out and Viva say crazy things. Francis, he is but our pope. I was caught reading a set of a contest blog, and people would just absolutely lose their minds. Like, you can't read that. You can't do that. So it's okay for me to read uh, the a Protestant blog, or people will be nicer to the Eastern Orthodox than they are to Each the other. SSPX or to a set of a contest groups, people who actually profess the Catholic faith, and yeah. they just have other issues. And but they'll be nicer to the Eastern Orthodox, to the Protestants, to the atheists, to the Hindus, to the pagans, everyone. I know. Imagine if we would just treat each other like as we should do as Catholics. How many people would see that online and be attracted to that? And they'll say, wow, there's something there. I remember high level, highbrow stuff online on Twitter between so Sorab Amari mm-hmm. and, and uh, mm-hmm. some other intellectual Adrian Vermeil. Two people that disagree with each other, but constructive conversations. And then you have this New York Times Muslim writer, agnostic, I'll, I'll bet that, commented, my goodness, I can't believe I can. you guys can discuss these kind of things without going at each other's throats. That, And he's an agnostic Muslim. He wasn't trying to proselytize. If we could do that with each other, how many mm-hmm. more people... For every person that writes or says something out loud, you can... S- ascertain at minimum 10 others agree with him that we remain silent right imagine the impact how many people we could convert just by how we treat each other online yeah and we saw something similar happen with uh with mitt romney and mitt romney like excoriates the conservatives or the republicans if they do anything wrong Mm -hmm. and 
when, but whenever Joe Biden does something wrong, he prefaces it all with, I am such good friends with Joe Biden. We're very good friends. I've known him for a long time. I think he's a great guy. You know, I just disagree with him about this little thing. And it's like, why are you nicer to, to these people who hate you and who want to do evil things? Yeah. And rather than the people who you agree with on 99% of things and there's just 1% of things that you disagree about. We have to remember Mitt Romney is a human weather vane. He just points in whatever direction the wind blows. So, yeah, but he has a good example. My Mormon friends would say he's not very Mormon. <laughs> and, yeah, that's the other thing. If, if for, that also gets people upset. If you say, oh, I have a Mormon friend, nobody cares. Yeah. If I say if I have an Eastern Orthodox friend, nobody cares. If I say I have a set of a conscious friend or a SSPX friend, people are like, whoa. Oh, you hang out with those people. Yeah. And they get very upset. Yeah. It's very, it upsets me. And so that's why I kind of went off on that. What, 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 and it had to be said. We need to talk about the, uh, the opportunities there are for us to treat each other better. And we need to stop our, our sniping with each other, even with our mortal enemies on the other side of the, the church, on the far end that just put their foot in the narthex. I mean, and, and, uh, and, that that's about it before I get too fired up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same it's the same with the other side as well. Like people will try will bash Catholic answers or Ascension Presents and groups like that because they uh, are too milk toast. They don't t- deal with the tough issues. They but they have a very particular audience, right? Mm-hmm. They are trying to reach people. At Catholic Answers, their primary audience are non Catholics. Yep. And or Catholics who want to learn how to defend, defend their faith. Yes. And then Ascension Presents are for people who are people who want to get started in the spiritual life, get started in these things. You shouldn't end there because they should lead you. And even my father, Mike Schmitz, will tell you, and this is why he's doing Bible in a Year. He wants you go read the Bible. You don't need to just watch Ascension Presents videos. Go yeah. read the Bible. Go read the spiritual writers. But if that's not where you're at yet or you're like, I just can't get into that much stuff. Ascension Presents is a great opportunity for you. There are different apostolates that cater to whatever you are in the journey. Listening and watching to Bishop Barone, that's a great gateway to get in. You want to learn more, you're thirsty. CatholicAnswers.com. They'll answer all your questions. Oh, now you're getting into the weeds. Uh, You move on to the wanderer and and the remnant. So just because somebody is soft-pedaling a church teaching does not mean that they're watering down the faith. Now, when somebody apologizes for church teaching or gives misdirection, then yes, that's, that's an appropriate time to engage that person and talk about that topic, not bash him on, on the media and, and, and yell, heretic, heretic. Yeah, and the same thing is true in our, in our personal lives, right? Our yes. families, we do, we, I'll, tell, I'll say this, but then, uh, you know, how do we treat our families? How do we engage with the people that we know in our day-to-day life? How do we, what do we do when we talk to our friends and family that we disagree with. I know it's, it's, I understand it's human nature. You, you're, because you're more familiar with your spouse or your children, you get upset easier than you would with a stranger. But that's what the Catholic Church offers an opportunity to build your, your, remove that vice of impatience and raise that virtue of patience. Mm-hmm. Just because the world says, well, that's human nature, let them do what they want to do behind closed doors. Show them the opposite can be true. Absolutely, 100%. And so, what is the lesson here today? Go learn how the saints interacted with people. Amen. Go watch St. John Bosco videos. Go read St. Francis de Sales. 
This is why we talk about the Saints so much, because they give us the model. But we're going to do our game show now, so call in 877-757-9424. That's the number to call. And if you call now, you get a chance to win our prize pack, 877-757-9424. And call now, 877-757-9424. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, how do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. I promise to love you in good times and in bad, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part. On your wedding day, you made this vow to your spouse in the presence of God and all those present. These are not words to be taken lightly. And the reality is that the responsibilities of marriage and family can be challenging at times. Good times can become bad in the blink of an eye. Things like financial hardship and sickness, among others, very often bring about fears and anxieties that make it difficult to be as loving as we should be. There is a simple Latin phrase to keep on hand when fear and anxiety take over our thoughts. Quid est hoc ad aeternitatum. What is this in the light of eternity? In other words, keep things in proper perspective. While the challenges here on this earth seem like a big deal at the moment, they are but a flash in the pan compared to all of eternity in heaven. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. Check us out on Facebook. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four is the number, and today we are giving away an amazing prize on the Fear and Trembling game show. Fear and Trembling, how do you play, you may ask? Well, it's a little different today because we don't have Rudy Carlos in the studio, so instead of asking Rudy and Tito a question, I'm going to just ask Tito, and he's going to give me an answer, and it's your job to tell me is Tito going to be lying to you? Is he going to be telling you the truth? It's your job to tell me, is it true or false? Basically, it's a true or false game show, and that means a 50-50 chance of you getting it right, even if you have no clue what the answers are. The prize today is two prints of my little sister's paintings. And you're thinking, Adrian's little sister, that's really cute. But no, my little sister is actually a professional artist. She paints in the classical realist tradition. You can check out her art at 
Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram. Just look up Emily Fonseca Art on Instagram. Tell her Adrian sent you. Tell her her, her big brother sent you. You can see those art I'm showing you on the screen if you're watching online. If not, you have to go to Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art, and see what her uh, art looks like because it is absolutely tremendous. You're going to be blown away. Wouldn't you agree, Tito? I would agree 100%. That is incredible art. I'm still Im so impressed by the talent that your, your sister has. And I want to say this uh, truly. When I say it's incredible art, it's not incredible art. Oh, that's cute. It's his little sister. It is incredible art. Uh, I, I I can't say anything more without denigrating the English language because it's just too good of art. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, but we have a caller on the line, uh, Hudson Talent. Uh, where are you calling from, Hudson? Well, I'm calling from Charlotte. From Charlotte? That's near the Dallas area, right? Uh, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Where are you off to, Hudson? To school? What grade are you in? Fourth grade. Fourth grade? Wow. You're ready to get a job now, aren't you? You're, nope. you're already going to fill out your, your job applications? You're, you're looking for work? No, I'm not. Oh, not yet. Not yet. A little bit later yeah. then, right? Yeah, probably. Okay, okay. You got some time. So enjoy fourth grade. What's your favorite subject? History. History? Good little boy. Man, I don't... I was so bad in history... The, I couldn't memorize any of the dates, so I would be like, uh, yeah, it would, it happened, uh, sometime between, uh, the 1200s and the 1800s. It's somewhere in between there. Uh, but I was so bad in history. What, what history class are you taking this year? Is it Texas history? Um, yes, Texas history. Very cool. Very cool. I really, really enjoy Texas history. Um, one day, Hudson, when you're, when you're older and you can vote, Remember, vote Adrian for Monarch of Texas. I am, I'm running to be King of Texas. So just just so you know, uh, be aware of that, okay. Hudson. Okay. Thank you very much, Hudson. I, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Uh, Hudson, do you understand how the game is going to be played today? Yes, I've played it, I've played it once before. Awesome. Very cool. Well, it's a little different today because uh, Rudy's not in. I'm going to ask uh, Tito three questions. And Tito is going to tell me an answer, and it's your job to tell me, is Tito correct? Is he incorrect? Is he lying to you, or is he telling you the truth? You're going to say true or false, so that's your job. Uh, any kind of answer that you give in that way, it'll be a 50-50 chance, so don't worry. You're going to do great. Are you ready, Hudson? Yes, I am. Awesome. Well, let's get started. Uh, Tito, are you ready? I am ready to go. Let's buckle up and light this fuse. Awesome, awesome. I like the energy. I appreciate that. The first question. What is the name of the liturgical headdress worn by popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops? Those are the funny cone hats they're wearing, right? Yep. Uh, my answer would be mitre. A mitre, you say? Mitre. Okay. All right, Hudson. Tito says that the name of the liturgical headdress worn by popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops is called a mitre. Is he right? Is he wrong? Is he lying to you? Is he telling you the truth? True or false? Hudson, what say you? Is the answer mitre? Yes or no? Hudson. No. No? Are you sure? Yes. Yes. Nailed it. 
See, he got it right. First try. Good try, Hudson. First try, he got it. Didn't need a single. Didn't need a single hint, right, Hudson? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Way to go. So remember, the headdress worn by popes, cardinals, abbots, and bishops is called a mitre. So very cool for you. So are you ready for the second question, Hudson? Yes, I am. Let's do it. All right, Tito. I am ready to go. All right. Here's the question for you. What? Non-liturgical color in the West. That's, you know, they're like Roman. Roman, Latin. Yeah, what non-liturgical color symbolizes Our Lady? Our Lady. Hmm. Feminine. Our Lady. Pink. Pink. Yes. Okay. That's an interesting one to go with there. Yes. Pink. Very good. Very interesting. Okay, Hudson, have you ever seen any images of Our Lady in pink? I wonder, Hudson, uh, is he telling you the truth? Is he lying to you? Tito Edwards said that the color, non-liturgical, that symbolizes Our Lady is pink because it's for girls. Uh, what say you, Hudson? 15 seconds on the clock. No, no he says. Do you know what color it is? It's blue. It's blue. That's Way a to go, Hudson. Confident response, Aww. Hudson. Very good, Hudson. Uh, I yes. think of the, the poem that, I don't know who wrote it, but uh -huh. it was uh, made famous by Fulton Sheen. He says, lovely lady dressed in blue, teach me how to pray. God was just your little boy. Show me the way. It's beautiful, beautiful poetry. It goes on further than that, but. I think it was Willie Shakespeare. I don't think it was Shakespeare. No. I don't think so. No. But I don't remember who it was, though. Uh, Hudson, very good. You're two for two. You're in the coffee cup of Divine Providence twice already. Tito, if you can put his name in the cup two times, uh, that would be great. And we're going to go to our third question. Hudson, are you ready for question number three? Yes, I am. Wow. Hudson is, like, on fire. He's like, easy peasy. I got this. I'm going to get a three for three. I'm very excited that you're ready, Hudson. Let's jump into question numero trace, as the people in uh, France would say. Yep. Right. Uh, number three is, is charity one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? This is a tough one. Huh. I was thinking an apple, but, you know, Adam and Eve. But uh, to be serious, I'd say yes. Yes. Okay, Hudson, this, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is a tough one. Uh, I probably would not be able to get this one right. But the question is, is charity one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Uh, Tito said yes. Is he telling the truth? Is he right? Is he wrong? Yes or no? Wrong. Wrong. Are you sure about that, Hudson? Yes. Yes, you're sure? Yes. No, I'm not. No, you're not no, sure? No? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, you, no, yes. Charity, charity is one. Okay, okay, charity is one. There you go, wow. Hudson. Very good. Duh. Very good, Hudson. Yeah, I was like, good job. This is uh, this is the qu the problem with yes or no answers. He's like, yes. Wait, yes, no, or no, yes. I know it's, that it's very good. But Hudson figured it out. He was able to communicate the answer effectively. You know what that means, Hudson? Right. Right. That means you get your name in the coffee cup of Divine Providence three times. So in just a moment, we're going to have Tito Edwards shake up the coffee cup of Divine Providence. And in just one moment, we're going to have him pull a name. So stay on the line. Maybe your name is going to be called, pulled right now. So he's shaking it up vigorously. I can see it.
the coffee cup of divine providence. Let's see what was God's holy will. Let's see, pull out. And what is it? Marcus. Marcus. Very good, Marcus. Praise be to God. Way to go, Marcus. Sorry, Hudson. We didn't pull your name, uh, but thank you very much for calling in today. God bless you, Hudson. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. You did. Okay, well, make sure you call back in the future, all right? All right. And I hope you have a great time. And I know, uh, was is there is something exciting going on for you this weekend? Are you doing anything fun uh, this weekend? Birthday party. Oh, you got a birthday party. Is, oh. it, your, is it your birthday party or someone else's? No, it's just a friend of mine. Okay, okay. Well, make sure whenever you go to the birthday party, you tell everybody there, hey, you have to listen to the Catholic Drive Time show and tune in to our, our game show. You're going to love it. And that's going to be a, a great birthday present for everybody there, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> Hudson, I would strongly recommend to drink as much Coca-Cola as you possibly can, <laughs> especially right, right no, before you leave. No. <laughs> Mom and dad are thinking, don't do it. <laughs> Give him a sugar high before he comes home. Uh, but no, thank you very much, Hudson. God bless you. God love you. And we'll talk to you when you call back again. In a month or two, make sure you call back. Maybe uh, we'll have be able to pull your name from the coffee cup of Divine Providence next time. Thank you. All righty. God bless you. All right. That'll conclude our show for the week. We had an awesome lineup of shows this week. And Tito Edwards survived his first week how did you think you did uh tito uh, you and rudy and uh the guys over in san antonio and midland thank you so much for making it uh as as uh what easy no painless I, <laughs> made it good for me to to grow and to learn my way and i had i've had a really good time and i've learned a lot and I look forward to even more Catholic Drive Time shows ahead. Awesome. So make sure you pray for us, dear listener. We will be praying for you this weekend. Make sure you tune in on Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and on our social feeds. And coming up, we are going to continue on our social media feeds. So make sure you hop on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Odyssey, Rumble, hop on and leave a comment down below. We're going to have a conversation with you in just a moment. But if not, we'll see you Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central. We're going to talk about nationalism and why, as Catholics, maybe that's not the right path for Catholics. We're going to discuss that and much more all week long. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
Welcome to Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Scholastica. This Mass is offered for the intentions of our online viewers and for those listening through Guadalupe Radio. I am like a growing olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I am like a growing olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am like a growing olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Scholastica. She was the sister, possibly the twin sister, of St. Benedict, who founded the Benedictine monks. Together they lived in the 1400s and 1500s, growing up in central Italy in a, a noble and wealthy family. St. Gregory the Great tells us that from an early age she was consecrated to God. In time, she came to live very near to Monte Cassino, the great Benedictine monastery founded by her brother, living in a hermitage with some other nuns. She's considered to be the foundress of the Benedictine nuns, and this is the first of their monasteries. She died on this day in possibly the year 542. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. As we celebrate anew the memorial of the Virgin Saint Scholastica, we pray, O Lord, that following her example, we may serve you with pure love and happily receive what comes from loving you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. A reading from the book of Genesis. Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the animals that the Lord God had made. The serpent asked the woman, Did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? The woman answered the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. It's only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, You shall not eat it or even touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You certainly will not die. No, God knows well that the moment you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God's. You know what is good and what is evil. The woman saw that the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eyes, 
and desirable for gaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. When they heard the sound of the Lord God moving about in the garden at the breezy time of the day, the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The word of the Lord. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is he whose fault is taken away, whose sin is covered. Blessed the man to whom the Lord imputes no guilt, in whose spirit there is no guile. Blessed, Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, my guilt I covered not. I said, I confess my faults to the Lord, and you took away the guilt of my sin. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. For this shall every faithful man pray to you in time of distress. Though deep waters overflow, they shall not reach him. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. You are my shelter from distress. You will preserve me. With glad cries of freedom, you will ring me round. Blessed are those whose sins are forgiven. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Open our hearts, O Lord, to listen to the words of your Son. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Aphatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened and his speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them, not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, in our first reading, we have been reading through the first chapters of the book of Genesis. And up till now, in this week, we have heard many beautiful things about how the Lord created all things in peace and order. And he saw that it was very good. And he did this in love and freedom to show forth his glory, to share his goodness. And then he created human beings in his own image and likeness 
that is sharing in things like a rational intellect, free will, creativity, being persons able to enter into interpersonal relationship, able to live like him in love and generosity and freedom. And it was very good. And these have been good days to listen to those first two chapters. But today we've turned to chapter three, and the story got a lot more complicated. For here we have the account of the fall. That is, our first parents committing the first sin, which is different than other sins because of who they are and what they did, right? So this, as we'll hear tomorrow, had an impact, had changes for the human race and indeed all the whole universe. But in addition to these impacts, we can look at this moment and we can already take some lessons from this particular temptation and sin that connects to the temptations and sin that you and I might experience. So the first thing we might say is, don't be like Eve. What do we want to say about that? So we notice that Eve is speaking to, well, really the evil one, who's using this creature, the serpent, to speak to her. And she keeps on talking to him, right? We keep hearing this conversation. We might compare this to if we dwell on a temptation, right? There might be thoughts of temptations that come to us. And what we should do is just let them go. Just let them go like they're a leaf on a stream. Just let it go on downstream. Go away. Not dwell on them. And especially not stay in what we call the near occasion of sin. What's the near occasion of sin? A near occasion of sin is something that is not sin in itself, but for you, let's say, is something that will be a temptation to sin, because that varies by the person. So for somebody else, that particular place or activity or person might not be a, a t near occasion of sin for them, but for you it is. Don't go there. Avoid it. Don't go to those situations that for you are temptations to sin. Don't be like Eve. In the words of one Catholic po podcast, quit talking to the dang snake. You can get that on a mug if you want it. Having said don't be like Eve, next thing we could say is don't be like Adam. I remember the first time years ago that I heard she also gave some of the fruit to her husband who was with her. I'm like, what? He's been with her the whole time? And he didn't say anything or do anything? Among our list of the spiritual works of mercy are these actions. Instruct the ignorant. Admonish the sinner. Counsel the doubtful. Brothers and sisters, it is a work of mercy. If you or I see a brother or sister who are being tempted or in sin, just say something in love, in kindness. Don't be like Adam who sat there and didn't say a word to help his wife. Help that person so that they can become free from sin. The third thing would be to notice, notice what the evil one is saying through the serpent. Because the serpent has many things to say. And within this, there's a little bit of truth and a whole lot of falsehood. So it is that he said, Oh no, God knows the moment you eat of it, actually, I mean to say, he said, you surely will not die, right? And well, that was technically true. At that particular moment, they did not physically die. They would physically die later as a result, but even more importantly, 
they spiritually died at that moment. And they put themselves on the path that would lead them to eternal condemnation in hell if they did not repent, which is far worse. Oh no, they did not physically die at that moment. Something worse happened. But also we notice he's promising them, you will be like gods. They already were created in the image and likeness of God. They already had this. By sinning, they become a lot less God, like God than they had been before. But most importantly, weaving through what the serpent is saying is the implication that God is not good, that he doesn't care about them, that he's selfish, that he wants to keep all the good things for himself. And that is not true. As we have heard in the previous two chapters, he is good and loving and generous. And when he commanded them not to eat of that tree, it was for their good. And every time you or I are tempted to sin, some part of us is saying that lie, this sin is really for my good. This commandment that God has given somehow is not for my good. But that is not true. Don't believe those things. Hold on to sacred scripture. Remember the truth about God. Tomorrow we'll hear about the consequences of sin. But amidst that consequences, there's one point that is the very best. We sometimes call it the Proto-Evangelium, the first gospel. The Lord's speaking to the snake and he says, I will, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike at your head while you strike at his heel. And what that is saying right there, right there at that first moment, is this isn't done. There will be a rematch. The first Adam lost, but there will be a second Adam. He will come to the fights, as St. John Henry Newman put it. And he will not be deceived. And he will not sin. And he will know scripture. And he will know the love of his Father. And he will win. Our Lord Jesus is there not only to give us that example, but to give us strength so that you and I may not be like Eve, may not be like Adam, but may be like Christ himself. Brothers and sisters, let us present our petitions to God on behalf of all people. That God may bless Pope Francis and our Bishop Michael. Let us pray to the Lord. That he may guide and sustain the work of those who govern the destiny of the world. Let us pray to the Lord. That he may give those who suffer temptations the strength to resist them. Let us pray to the Lord. That he may deliver us from an unexpected death. Let us pray to the Lord. That women religious of the diverse monastic communities may be encouraged in their vocation by the example of love given by Saint Scholastica. Let us pray to the Lord. That the day that is now beginning may bring us joy and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh Lord, we ask you to hear our prayer and come to the aid of all those for whom we have prayed, through Christ our Lord.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands, it will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. We bring the offerings of our devotion to be consecrated by you, O Lord, in commemoration of blessed Scholastica. For by the consolation you give us in this life, you show that we should not lose hope of what is promised for eternity. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring into experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints, we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabahot, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples. His disciples, which will be given up for you.
In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nohobi, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. 
For those who are unable to receive our Lord in the sacrament of Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, 
defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. from St. Edward Youth Group and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston part of the Guadalupe Radio Network radio for your soul Catholic 